days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. All right, well, here's what I'll tell you. We are going to be ready to go come day one. As far as our season goes, we're going to be better than last year. Nobody picked us in 05. Nobody picked us to get in in 2008. We're looking to get back into the playoffs, and hopefully, you know, maybe we can get in this year. I don't know. I think it might be a little bit closer just because 49ers played Seattle last week and they beat them. Hopefully they just play within themselves, just yeah, run the ball. Don't do, don't show any trick, too many trick plays, save them for the playoffs. And, yeah, hopefully stay injury-free and get out, there, get out there with W. As a player, I want Redbirds fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody, and I just make everybody around me better. That's the question is whether or not he really is going to be the franchise quarterback that they believe he will be. Coming into the season, I didn't know much about him. Didn't know that he was going to be the lights-out three-point shooter that he was. And that's really elevating the Redbird offense to that next level, that level they need to be at to potentially get into the NCAA tournament. I just think what the Cubs need to do is is live up to their potential. You know, there's a lot of guys with a ton of talent on that team, and that's why they won the World Series in 2016. The only way the Cubs are going to live up to their expectations would be go out, win the division, get to the postseason, and win the World Series because they expect to do it, and I think uh, Cubs fans should hold them to a higher standard than what they used to. I'm not saying you have to win the World Series every year, but uh, I think the bar has been raised, and that's made it really fun to be a Cubs fan in Chicago. Hey, everybody. Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 The Score, and ISU Redbird alum. Hey everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome in to the 29th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this afternoon on... March 26, 2019, welcoming listeners to the 29th episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. I'm here this afternoon as your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk, where just in a few days, Major League Baseball will be beginning its season in the year 2019, a fresh clean slate for all teams of Major League Baseball that want a chance to go from opening day all the way to the playoffs and maybe a World Series championship. That will all begin on March 28th, and today we're talking about one baseball team in Chicago, and it'll be on the north side. It's known as the Friendly Confines, and uh, it is the uh, rival team of the Chicago White Sox on the north side of Chicago, the Chicago Cubs. Now, this is a Chicago Cubs team that finished in second place with a record of 95-68 and 68 last year um, after falling in the wildcard game 2-1. Uh, to one to the Colorado Rockies, so that was not something uh, in an ending that Cubs fans were hoping for last season, but as we just mentioned, this is a new clean slate this year, um, as every team gets a new chance to etch their team's history in a better direction and a positive note, and if you're the Chicago Cubs, uh, you still have that roster coming through that you had last season that was so successful um, coming into this year, and you have some new faces as well. And uh, we're going to touch on that as we have a special guest appearance coming on 
to Will's fifth quarter special for the first time. And Cup fans have heard us talk a lot about this team uh, throughout our recent episodes, uh, throughout the show's history. You know, we talk about both the White Sox and the Cubs, and we've had some really good Cubs coverage on this show. But I wanted to make sure just before the season, we brought on somebody that's even more experienced with this team. And we were able to bring in somebody very well respected from the city of Chicago and as well, uh, one of the main reporters for the Chicago Cubs. He is a Emmy Award winning host, anchor and reporter for NBC Sports Chicago. He is an Illinois native. He is somebody that is very well respected in the area of Chicago broadcast, and he also runs the Cubs Talk podcast with David Kaplan as well, and uh, we will be bringing on for the first time to the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk in this special guest appearance. And here's that interview I did with Luke Stuckmeyer where we talk about the Chicago Cubs uh, offseason and uh, what they can do in the remaining few days and some of the bright spots you've seen in spring training, the situation people saw with Ian Happ suddenly being moved to AAA, the contract earlier today that extended Kyle Hendricks four years um, on the north side of Chicago, and what we can expect from the 2019 Chicago Cubs. We're going to answer all those questions and more, as here is my interview where I spoke with NBC Sports Chicago's Luke Stuckmeyer. So, Luke Stuckmeyer, welcome to Will's Fifth Quarter Special. It's uh, a podcast that's for the average uh, sports fan. There's a lot of Cub fans that our show has, that, and they've been waiting for the right person we could have on the show that can be very well experienced in uh, talking to the Chicago Cubs. So, welcome to the show for the first time. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Will. So, just to start off, the Chicago Cubs last year didn't have the finish a lot of fans would be hoping for on the north side. You know, injuries happen. You know, they couldn't plan what happened with Chris Bryant and, you know, that finish they had against the Rockies in the wild card game. So kind of paint us the picture of what that game could have done to kind of uh, help the Cubs through the off season to what they're going to try and put together for this uh, new season coming up. Well, I think we kind of heard it a little bit when Theo Epstein talked after the season. Like, as soon as they lost that game, it was so quick that when he did the exit interviews and met with the media after the game, he kind of joked that he was in sweatpants because it had happened so quickly. Um, But I I think it sort of set the tone for what you're starting to see now. Uh, There's a great article in The Athletic uh, from Sahadab Sharma and Patrick Mooney talking about the new culture they're trying to start. You know, it's been kind of fun in games. Uh, leading up to this point, winning a World Series in 2016. But I think um, they all kind of gathered together after the season and said, you know, one World Series isn't enough for this group. They should be able to get more than that. And, um, you know, you can expect to get there, but that's not good enough. At this point, you get a start because the, cent- the, the division has gotten much, much better. I mean, I think the Brewers are better. I think the Cardinals are better. The Pirates and Reds are certainly better than they were a year ago. So I think everybody realizes that you got to start – focusing on game number one and be ready to go when the season starts because one of the great things that happened in 2016 was they got off to a good start and they kind of rolled from there. So their mindset is business-like attitude every single game. Don't take any game for granted. Yeah, and I think that's going to tie into my next question. It's something that came out not not too long ago, just right before the season. It's probably a shocking move uh, by the Cubs organization to Cubs fans was uh, – what happened with Ian Happ being uh, optioned to AAA. So 
what you're saying about that culture there, how does sending Ian Hat down before the season to uh, AAA kind of maybe help him develop a little bit more uh, for the team? Well, I, you know, first of all, I think Ian Hap a little bit um, obviously struggled at the end of last season. The highlight of last year was opening day. He hits a home run, and you think everything's going to be great. He hit 24 home runs his rookie season, and you think it's just going to continue in 2018, but it didn't. And he really struggled from the left side, especially on uh, the second half of the season. And he struck out 167 times in 387 at-bats last year, and he had – 14 more strikeouts and 52 at-bats this spring. So the Cubs didn't like what they saw this spring. Now, I don't usually value spring training too much, but because of last season and all the strikeouts and to see him kind of continue over here again, uh, and he struggled a little bit defensively as well, they feel like it's the best thing for his development to go down there, work on that swing, especially the left side, and get back to what he was doing as a rookie, before teams were able to make an adjustment to him, and I think that's a big part of Major League Baseball is guys a lot of times come up, do well, and pitchers make their adjustments, and then it's all about making that adjustment back and making sure you know how they're trying to attack you and what you can do about it. Um, it's not the first time guys have been sent down, so I think some of his teammates have kind of gone to him and said, listen, it's super disappointing. We get it. You're upset, but now you need to channel that into – improving yourself as a baseball player, getting better as a hitter. Uh, Anthony Rizzo came up in the major leagues with the Padres and was sent back down. Uh, you know, he's not the first guy to have it happen to him. He just had great success as a rookie, so that's why I think people are surprised that, that he struggled a little bit. But progress as a baseball player isn't always linear at the major league level. And so I, I still think he's going to be a really good player, and I still think if he goes down and focuses on the right things and accepts – um, the demotion with the right attitude being that he's angry, but he's focused on proving them wrong and proving that he can get better at these things, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more on that one, Luke. I know just a year or so ago, they also did the same thing with Kyle Schwarber during the season. You know, guy has been hitting really well for the Cubs since he's been up with the team, even during their uh, run to the World Series in 2016. The guy can really hit the ball well, but it definitely fits with what Theo Epstein is doing with this culture. It seems like a very comfortable environment for any player to go into, like we saw with, you know, Cole Hamels after the trade deadline, what he's able to bring to this team, and especially coming in next year. And uh, we saw a deal go down uh, in terms of an extension that really helps the Cubs culture earlier today uh, with Kyle Hendricks continuing to stay with the Cubs for four more years. What were your first thoughts on that deal? And, you know, you obviously know Kyle Hendricks a lot better than us. What are your views of him and what he could bring to the culture this year? I think he's the perfect fit for any franchise, but especially for the Cubs. Um, I mean, they didn't give up a ton when they traded trade for him in 2012. Ryan Dempster, the Cubs knew they had to trade Dempster. He wanted to go to the Dodgers. It didn't work out. He ended up being traded to the Rangers. They got Hendricks, who was an eighth-round pick, and just a single-A player at the time, but they saw something there about it with a guy that wasn't necessarily a flamethrower, which a lot of the young pitchers are now, but a real technician and someone that was not only that, but a super competitor. And so I think it's a great deal, not only for the Cubs, but I think it's a great deal for also, you know, I, I think it's a great deal for Kyle Hendricks too. He gets the stability. He called it a life decision. You know, the money's part of it, but so is, 
the organization you're going to get to play for, how comfortable your family is here, the way the organization treats your family. So for a guy that's 29, four years, and a minimum of $55.5 million, it's a great extension. And I, I think you're going to start to see more young players. Now, as far as his attitude goes, I don't think he's uh, a natural leader by speaking necessarily because I think Kyle's uh, very quiet. But I think anytime he talks, the players listen because he's a super smart and he's an ultimate competitor. And I think he can contribute both those things to the clubhouse. And I think he's one of the most respected guys in the clubhouse. So to me, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, to me, if you see any baseball team like the Cubs, doesn't matter uh, what the player is. It seems like their personalities really fit in towards the leadership. You know, back when you had David Ross a few years ago, uh, I think Hendricks is not just a great person, but seems like a very consistent pitcher. And that's probably what the Cubs will need continuing uh, through this year. And obviously the big question out of spring training, and I'm going to have to ask you, I know you've answered this one so many times throughout the off season. How are Chris Bryant and uh, you Darvish looking to this point? Uh, I know a lot of Cubs fans are wondering what we could see from those two, especially uh, coming into this season. Yeah. I mean, those are the two big questions coming into the season. I think the other one would be Wilson Contreras. You want to know what you're going to get out of Wilson Contreras this year, but um, yeah, everything I've heard about Darvish is that he's great except for the blister right now, but Apparently that's clear, and he's going to be ready to go for the the uh, second game of the season against his old team, the Rangers. And I'd like to see him set the tone for the season in that first start. You know, he's back in a place that he's familiar pitching at. He pitched very well in Texas. Hopefully the blister's behind him, and he can get off to a great start. And as far as Chris Bryant, I think they're comfortable with the way his shoulder is. I mean, I know I – know it's real easy to jump on Chris Bryant for last year, but he was hurt. And if you look at every other portion of his career, it's been spectacular, including the start of last year before he injured the shoulder. So I expect big things out of both guys. I I don't think it's um, crazy to say that you Darvish has the stuff to be in a Cy Young conversation. If he pitches to his potential. Now you could say that about a lot of guys in the Cubs rotation, but as far as, just stuff. He has the, the pitches to be an elite guy, which he already has been in Major League Baseball. And if the confidence is there and he's healthy, I think he can do that. Now, we know that's true of Chris Bryant. I, I don't think there's any question about that. It's just a matter of seeing how the shoulder holds up. He decided not to have surgery. Doctors told him he didn't need surgery. And so I think, you know, expectations are big for both guys this season. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. First off, with Chris Bryant, a real good leader on and off the field, along with Anthony Rizzo, who you mentioned earlier. The Cubs just have a lot of really good talent coming in this year. And the big question, though, and I know you mentioned it earlier in our conversation, the division in the NL Central just got a lot more interesting through this baseball offseason. The St. Louis Cardinals making that deal to get Paul Goldschmidt, and obviously the Milwaukee Brewers adding to their pitching staff, and uh, the big one is the Reds, that trade they made with the Dodgers, bringing guys like Quee, Kemp, Wood, Rourke, and so many names coming into the NL Central. If you're the Chicago Cubs right now, you have a good chance to have a good season, but the big question, as you mentioned, is the division. So how could this team fit into uh, this new NL Central that they're going to be facing this season? I still think the Cubs, I know they have an older uh, rotation, but I think they have a better rotation than any team in the division, in my opinion. I, I think uh, the Brewers have some pitchers that had career years last year. 
I think Nelson coming back might help them. But when you look at the guys one through five, they've been there, they've done that. Now they're a little bit older, uh, but you've got a pile of all-star appearances in that in that starting rotation. And everybody says old. Well, the last time they had four guys in the rotation that were 30 or older was 2016, and age wasn't a problem then. So I think the Cubs are fine in the division. I still think their offense stacks up. I do love the Goldschmidt signing if I'm a Cardinals fan. Uh, to me, he's easily one of the 10 best players in the National League. And the Cardinals have struggled defensively, specifically last year. And for me, he's a gold-glove guy. You put him at first base, he solidifies that defense, and he can make a lot of guys look better on some bad throws over to first uh, just by doing it that way. And you know the offense is going to come from him. You know, for me, the Brewers, uh, it's it's a question of whether or not they can live up to what they did last year. Now, they, they were terrific last year, but I do think uh, it is sort of interesting that, you know, Canables had, they've had got, a, got a couple guys with arm injuries, and we'll see how that impacts their terrific bullpen, whether or not they go after Kimbrell or not. They've had some conversations, but um, they've got some question marks, too. It's not to say that every team in the division isn't better, but that part is true. But everybody has a wart. Everybody's got something you've got to fix, and that's every team in baseball. And that's that's true of the Cardinals. It's true of the Brewers. And to some degree, it's true to the Cubs. But if I had to look at it on paper, to me, there's, the Cubs are still the best team in the division. Now, we saw how injuries and other things can impact that last year. Uh, we'll see how it plays out this year. But on paper, I think they're the best team in the division. Yeah, I, I have to pick the Cubs as well, just in regards to their depth. You know, if you look at the Cubs' right. offense and pitching, their depth is obviously the best in that offense. I mean, the way Joe Madden is able to play different players in different positions is going to continue to help them see positive signs with this team. And the big question I have to finish uh, our conversation uh, on the Chicago Cubs this afternoon with you, Luke, is – the season's beginning in just two days. You mentioned they're opening the season on the road at Texas, facing the Texas Rangers. And, you know, it, it's good to have a good start to the year, but my favorite line in baseball is expect the unexpected. You know, when you have a new season especially, every team's going to be thinking they can go all the way and just have the best chances any other program. What do you feel like the Cubs need to do in uh, 2019 in terms of your predictions for – uh, a fresh slate that uh, the Cubs can put on the uh, a positive note in their uh, organization. I just think what the Cubs need to do is is live up to their potential. You know, there's a lot of guys with a ton of talent on that team, and that's why they won the World Series in 2016. And there's new guys on this. Not not everybody's going to have a career year, but if if they play like their their statistics on the back of their baseball card, Cubs are the most talented team in the division. They're one of the most talented teams in baseball, if not the most talented team in baseball. They're right there with the others. And then, you know, they got to catch a little magic. Uh, along the way, there's always uh, the unexpected, as you mentioned, but there's also, you know, there can be positives along the way, too. And so you don't know what's going to happen. Last year, you didn't, you didn't know Cole Hamels was going to come in and give you that type of season. They may need that type of addition or bump come around, you know, the trade deadline again this year from somebody. We don't know who it's going to be. Maybe it's a reliever. Uh, maybe it's D.J. Edwards stepping up and proving that he can be a closer if Morrow's not ready. Maybe it's just Morrow being healthy. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of ways they can put their stamp on this, but the only way the Cubs are going to live up to their expectations would be go out, 
win the division, get to the postseason, and win the World Series because they expect to do it. And I think uh, Cubs fans should hold them to a higher standard than what they used to. I'm not saying you have to win the World Series every year, but uh, I think the bar has been raised, and that's made it really fun to be a Cubs fan in Chicago. And I'm just going to add something in terms of fun, uh, in terms of both teams in Chicago, the White Sox, the rival of the Cubs. Eloy Jimenez facing the Cubs at Wrigley in the Crosstown Classic definitely should be one Cubs fans and White Sox can, fans can look forward to. I think if you're a baseball fan, everybody should look forward to uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, coming up and playing great baseball for the White Sox. I don't think um, you know. I, I don't think you can look back at trades too often and say, "Well, this didn't work out." Uh, you know, you give up you give up prospects. The Cubs gave up good prospects uh, for Roldis Chapman too, and uh, you just try and go out and, and win a World Series. And I think Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease are both going to be star players for the White Sox. I hope they're star players for the White Sox because that's one of those deals where you'd like to see the trades work out for both teams. And we're lucky living in Chicago that we have two teams we can watch. And I'm going to go out and root for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease because I think uh, it's good for the rivalry. And when that rivalry's really rolling, it's one of the most thing, most fun things about Chicago sports. It really takes it to another level. Bears football is great. Don't get me wrong. Bulls basketball, Blackhawks hockey. But when the Cubs and Sox are both good, summer is an electric time to be in this city. And Luke Suckmeyer, we want to thank you for your time once again, joining our show this afternoon on a busy week for baseball. We want to wish you and your team nothing but the best of luck, continuing successful content that's coming out through baseball this season. Uh, best of luck with it. Enjoy the whole season, and thank you for joining us on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. We appreciate your time today. Well, thanks for having me, and good luck with the podcast. Appreciate it. Now, that was some really great insight from Luke Stuckmeyer of NBC Sports Chicago, somebody that I think does a very great job with his coverage uh, of Chicago sports. There's a lot of great reporters in this city, uh, known as the Windy City, for uh, the way they cover each team, whether it be Blackhawks, Cubs, or Sox. Just uh, to commend them as well and Mr. Stuckmeyer. Uh, but we really appreciate uh, Luke taking the time to uh, speak with us on the show and uh, this special episode uh, where we were able to hoin a little bit more into all things Chicago Cubs. And there's a lot of expectations this team has uh, coming into 2019 like every team does. Very well-respected manager in Joe Madden uh, that has a really good uh, leadership style he brings to a team's culture. And uh, really good pitching staff. You know, like we just talked about, they locked up Kyle Hendricks. A really good thing for that team in the long term. Uh, what they believe in uh, the words of Theo Epstein this afternoon is uh, somebody that is a really good personality for this team. And that's what you want to keep in your clubhouse. And uh, that's a really important thing. And we are going to finish the show with uh, the spot everybody, with the, with the segment everybody loves and enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern-day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and Twitter page and post their own sports movie moment favorite. So mine is obviously going to be connected to what's coming up, as we mentioned, in two days, Major League Baseball uh, opening the 2019 season, and it, this movie's going to actually really compare to 
the Chicago Cubs, uh, like we were talking about today, uh, a team that had a really solid season again last year, but didn't finish it the way they'd like. And they're obviously going to have that eye of the tiger type mentality to uh, bring in a fresher uh, view that, from a team that's had a really good spring, you know, record of uh, about 19 wins in uh, spring training, 19 and 13. So that's a really good thing to go into the season with. A little more polished and ready and this movie connects to them completely on um what fans i think in the north side of chicago wrigleyville and all cub fans would like this comparison uh it matches the cubs in the spot they're in right now 100 percent. and it is major league two a really good sports comedy that came out in 1994 it's a sequel to major league and that this is obviously about a different baseball team the cleveland indians but these teams really match up well in terms of the Cleveland Indians in this movie, in Major League Two, the sequel, uh, they come into, obviously, after uh, pulling off uh, winning in the uh, postseason out of nowhere, uh, their owner uh, not giving them the players most every team could win with to uh, get to that point. But they were able to, based on a good team camaraderie and a helpful coach and just they had that drive, the eye of the tiger mentality that I just mentioned, and they were able to take it all the way to postseason at the end of the movie, and they won. But this uh, sequel takes a really interesting turn with this Cleveland Indians team. Uh, Rick, the Wild Thing, Vaughn's back, uh, Pedro Serrano, and uh, obviously Willie Mays, that's one of their favorite players in the movie, Roger Dorn, a lot of those guys, Taylor, uh, they, they, they go into different roles in this movie, and... Uh, just looking at it like from point to point uh, to the scene I'm picking, it's when they come in to uh, spring training. Uh, they have a new face in uh, a catcher in uh, Parkman. They bring in a in Parkman in a really good uh, hitter that can really help their lineup. And uh, Jack Parkman's a really good player, but he has a real attitude, not the best personality uh, for this clubhouse. And uh, especially a team that won their division championship the year before, this is not a guy you want to bring in to this team. You know, they had a really good culture, really good camaraderie like we just talked about. And it's the scene where you see Charlie Sheen's character, Rick Rick Vaughn, Wild Thing, uh, Serrano, Willie Mace Hayes walking in. And, you know, Rick Vaughn's got the biker jacket, the skull uh, icon uh, glasses when he's pitching, and he's got the Wild Thing song, obviously, in the background, like the first movie. Uh, major league but when he's walking into this spring training in major league two I, this is just me as a spit baseball fan watching it as well not just as a movie fan but you see a changed man you know it's obviously uh in the eyes of sports fans if we saw this in real life right now you know a player getting his act together and uh taking more seriousness of his talent his potential but if you look at it from each of these players william Mace hayes is walking in after doing a movie uh, in his offseason and uh, he's starting to hit power trying to hit for power and instead of getting on base at first and he's you know calling a shot like the babe every time and just missing the home runs and uh, Pedro Serrano uh, goes from being voodoo to a laid-back Buddhist and a lot of the players are pretty much all going astray you know Roger Dorn for a while became uh, the owner of the team, he's the one that brought in Parkman as a free agent, but then he can't afford to keep the team up, sells it back to Phelps, and, you know, this kind of goes into this, that scene where 
you know, they're not going on the path they'd like. But, you know, when they're, and this is a bit of a spoiler, guys, their uh, head coach gets injured, and uh, it's up to Taylor to uh, take over. He was brought on as a coach and to help out the team, like an assistant coach. And he had to take over as a manager, and uh, he brought this team back to where it needed to be. And uh, they obviously go on to win, uh, you know, at some point in the movie. I'm not going to say when or how, but they, they end up going on to win, and uh, they beat the Chicago White Sox, Parkman on the White Sox. But the point of that scene connecting to the Cubs is this team, like the Cubs right now, has a really good set of players, but, you know, the Cubs didn't finish the way they'd like. This is pretty much the situation this team was in right now in their season where they're, they're expecting to play really good again and uh, they weren't able to. That compares to last season for the Chicago Cubs after, you know, they did really well in the playoffs uh, after winning in 2016, 2017. 2018 season, they had injuries. Obviously, the shoulder injury to Chris Bryant was not something Cub fans enjoyed. Uh, Hugh Darvish not playing too well in his first year of the five-year contract he was given at $126 million. But, you know, the point of this movie moment comparing to the Cubs specifically is, you know, it doesn't matter what issues you had the season before. It's a fresh slate this year. The Cubs have really good talent, a really good manager. Like I said, yes, they do have a new pitching coach, a hitting coach, a new coaching staff under Joe Madden. But Joe Madden is a well-polished coach. These players are really great. It doesn't matter what hitting or pitching coach you put in. These guys put the bat on the ball real well, really good personalities, very good camaraderie. And that's why Cub fans, through this rebuild, were so connected to this team. I believe is because this team supported the fans as much as the fans supported the team and you can see that obviously on the north side of chicago that success will continue this year i think chris brown probably will have a better year than he had last year just because injuries happen that stuff happens so uh that's my sports movie moment i think major league two is a really great comparison uh, in terms of that cleveland indians team to where the cubs are right now i think the cubs will do better this year uh with the tough NL Central competition they have as well, though, with uh, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Cardinals each getting better. Uh, Cubs will probably have to put their best foot forward, and we hope them, uh, and we wish them nothing but the best of luck as well. So that's my sports movie moment favorite. And that is all the time we have in episode 29 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as episode 30 will be uh, featured in just a few days, along with another episode in episode 31 where Alex Dolinar will be joining us Thursday morning to uh, talk about the NCAA Tournament Sweet 16 and where we can see these teams go moving forward. And we will also have Blake Haas later in the day join us for episode 31 of the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk for the signature Redbird Sports Update of Illinois State University Athletics. And a little bit of talk about how Bradley getting into that first round of the tourney, to, at least to this point, before they lost to Michigan State, could uh, impact the Missouri Valley Conference this year and moving forward. We want to thank NBC Sports Chicago Emmy Award-winning reporter, anchor, and host Luke Stuckmeyer for taking time to join us as a special guest appearance on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Luke, we appreciate your time. We wish you nothing but the best of luck to your team over at NBC Sports Chicago for uh, 
continued uh, strong sports content that you're putting out. Uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate the time you gave to our show today. So, uh, Luke, thank you again for joining us on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Uh, it means a lot to us and to our listeners as well. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with Emmy Award-winning reporter from NBC Sports Chicago, Cubs expert Luke Stuckmeyer, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials. Go to WilliamDFarlow.com. Join the sports convo and share your opinions on all things sports on Twitter at WilliamDFarlow and use the hashtag Will's fifth quarter special. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.